It's another emergency podcast. Apple had a 420 presentation with a lot of new products and podcasting news. Stick with us. As somebody who's invested in over 250 startups and advised even more, I want to talk to you about a very serious pain point I see all the time reducing your burn. Ask yourself, how much money are you spending on the software products you use? And how much time does it take you to integrate them all with each other? Let me guess, way too much time, way too much money. Well, Odoo is here to change that, O-D-O-O. Odoo is a fully customizable and fully integrated suite of business apps. Think of it like SaaS apps. And that lets you build and scale your stack as you build and scale your startup, your business. It's simple, it's modular, so you only use what you need and all their apps integrate perfectly with each other. Plus, this is all open source software, so you can spend your capital on talent instead of expensive software. What kind of apps does Odoo have? Well, just take your pick. Their accounting products are perfect for anyone who's ready to upgrade from Excel, but that doesn't want to break the bank with some of the more uh, expensive options out there. They also have project management, invoicing, sales, marketing automation, help desk, timesheets, inventory, and much, much more. The first app is free forever. And right now, Odoo is offering a $1,000 credit on your first implementation pack. That's no joke. $1,000 off if you go right now to odoo.com slash twist. O-D-O-O.com slash twist. Odoo.com slash twist. Okay, let's get back to this amazing episode. All right, it was a big day today. It's 420. Yes, 420. Doge Day, also known as 420 Day. You know, I don't have to tell you about 420 and why it's so special. But I did a little pregame tweet here about Apple's 420 event. And I said, how sick would it be if Tim Cook took to the stage and ripped a huge eyebong hit, put on their Apple glasses and uh, watched a Vangelis, Vangelis or Vangelis? Vangelis AR visualization that invited everyone to take their shoes off and walk in the grass around the mothership at the HQ. A little joke. It, it seems to have landed. I got a lot of retweets and, and likes for that. So everybody thought because Apple had sent a promo invite with somebody with glasses on that this was going to be the big Apple glasses reveal. It wasn't, but actually it was a really exciting, exciting keynote today. And there's a lot to get into. The most important one, as far as I'm concerned, is this Apple podcast redesign. And so I wanted to throw you back to 2005 when I was a reporter running Weblogs Inc, a blogging company back in 2005. And we had started one of the first commercial podcasts ever for Autoblog. And Engadget started doing a podcast. And I happened to be at Kara Swisher and Walt Mossberg's event. They had given me a press ticket because I was broke at that point. Remember, I hadn't sold Weblogs Inc. yet. So I was I was at negative $10,000 literally in this clip. And um, Steve Jobs, man, I miss that guy. He uh, He was speaking. And I got up and I asked him a question. And I would do this at every event I went to when I was coming up in the world. I was 34, I think, in this picture. It was 16 years ago. I'm, I'm a 50-year-old man now. But I was a kid back then. You see my horrible floppy haircut and terrible collared shirt uh, that needs to be ironed or something. This was the big suit era. So here, let's watch the epic clip of all time. Will you be able to add any RSS feed to the, or any podcast's RSS feed 
to iTunes, or is it only through the store? Oh, you'll be able to add anything you want, completely open. We're just working with the open standards out there, yeah. And will you uh, help companies like ours uh, sell podcasts, you know, be an audible? So if we wanted to sell a podcast through your service, would you uh, help us do the fulfillment? Um, you know, we're planning on having all the podcasts be free at first, but uh, zing me an email with what you've got in mind, and we're open to anything. Sa same email I always send it to you? Yep. Okay, you got it. <laughs> So there it is, folks. I made Steve Jobs laugh. I actually knew Steve. He didn't really know me. He was a real character because he loved the press uh, and he knew how to work the press. So he came up to me one time at one of these events and I had my thing on and he saw Engadget uh, and he said, I just want to tell you, I love Engadget. First thing I read every day, you guys get me better business intelligence than even my own team. And uh, so I was really happy about this. And I go back to a table and I tell the story to some other journalist. And he said, he said the same thing to me. <laughs> uh, but that was Steve. But fast forward to today. Now I was asking him because at that time he had iTunes selling songs. And I, in my mind, I was like, what if I could sell these podcasts? People would pay for them. How visionary your boy Jay Cal is. It's not visionary. It's super obvious. But here we are. Tim Cook, 16 years later, wait for it. As you know, Apple helped launch the podcast industry 15 years ago, and this is what it looked like. The day we launched podcasts in iTunes, we had 3,000 shows in the directory. Today, there are millions to choose from, and Apple Podcast is the best place to listen to all your favorites. And we're making the biggest change to Apple Podcasts since its debut. This starts with a newly designed Apple Podcasts app. Every show and episode has a beautiful new page, making it easy to follow, listen, and share. We're also introducing channels to help you find new shows from your favorite creators. And you'll get recommendations for new channels to explore. We're also introducing Apple Podcast subscriptions, which enables you to unlock new content as well as additional benefits like ad-free listening, early access, and much more. So now you can help your favorite podcasters build their business and fuel their creativity. Apple Podcast Subscriptions launches in 170 regions and countries next month. These major updates will make listening to podcasts easier and more enjoyable than ever before. Absolutely fantastic. We tried an ad free version of this week in startups on Patreon. And a, a couple of hundred of you signed up, I think you just wanted to support us. M most of you didn't actually access the ad free clips. You like the ads you like my ad reads, I totally get it. But this is Apple saying we want the Patreon business. So I'm announcing today, since I've seen this, we're shutting down our Patreon. Thank you to Patreon, but we don't need you anymore. It was kind of a waste of time for us. And um, if y'all want us to have an ad free version of this, I think maybe one or 2% of you want that. So sure, we'll set it up. And I guess we'll charge you for it, maybe some small amount. And um, we'll put it back into the production, which is what we do here at this week in startups now four days a week. But this is big news, because what's happening right now that you may not be aware of is that Facebook and Apple are in a war. And the war is over tracking and privacy. And you hear Tim Cook always talking about at Apple, we value your privacy. And they believe Facebook's the enemy in this regard. And they're not letting Facebook track you by your phone. So ads are going to be uh, depersonalized. So when you're using your phone, you're not going to be they're not going to know what apps you're using and Facebook's going to have no insight. So Facebook's revenue is going to go down because of this, I would predict because mobile is such a big piece of it. And actually Apple users are the most coveted because of the most affluent. I'm speaking generally here, but 
um, you know, the, the products are expensive, and they do skew very, very uh, much into the high end users. So Facebook is really screwed. I mean, like seriously screwed by this, because I think it now gives the government the ability to say, well, no, Mr. Zuckerberg, you keep coming here telling us this is good. But Apple just scrubbed it out. So why don't you scrub it out? You know, stop tracking people. It's icky. In re relation to that, Facebook realizes how important AirPods and podcasting is. They've aligned themselves with Spotify. So now you got Spotify and Facebook joining up. It's not a coincidence to battle Apple over this. And so this is what happens. One of the great parts about our industry is it's a little rough and tumble. Everybody wants to be cozy wozy and, and lovey dovey. The truth is, our industry is people stabbing each other in the back and shanking people on the way to the showers. I mean, it's like a prison drama. And I love it. Because who benefits? The customers benefit. Customers are going to benefit. And so they're going to redesign the show pages, they're adding channels, that's all nice UI things. Um, and in fact, I was an investor in a company that was a podcasting company that got bought by Apple, it was a small win, we doubled our money, it was called Swell, S-W-E-L-L. -L. Uh, we'll show a picture of Swell here. And uh, I wonder how close Swell is to what uh, they're doing here. But that acquisition was like five years ago. Uh, it's going to launch in May. Yeah, so the subscription content, according to Ashley Carmen, is not going to come from RSS feeds, you're going to have to upload that to Apple. So Apple is making a play to break the standards here, which is what Spotify was doing as well. And, um, you know, with, which is what they did with Joe Rogan. So the I think the, the proper fancy word is the balkanization, which I don't know what the meaning of the word balkanization is. Balkanization? I don't even know how to spell balkanization. It refers to the fragmentation or subfragmentation of a large region or state into smaller regions of states, which may become hostile or uncooperative with one another. So the balkanization of podcasting is going to keep happening. Is that a bad thing or a good thing? It's a thing. Who cares? This is what happens in business. Open standards get co-opted. RSS feeds and blogging got co-opted by Medium, Twitter, and any number of places. It happens. Deal with it. If you don't like it, create more open source products, create, you know, an RSS reader today and, and, and fight in the in the battlefield. But you know, this is Spotify versus Apple. Um, and obviously, Apple Music is part of this. If you don't know, back in 2019, Spotify acquired Gimlet Media and Anchor, which is a podcast publishing platform. They acquired the ringer for 200 million congrats to Bill Simmons. I tried to invest in that company. Uh, I just like emailed Bill Simmons and DM'd him over and over again. Hey, can I put money into your company? I did the same thing, by the way. With Preet Bahar, I was like, hey, can I put money in your company? And uh, they sell to Vox. So I'm, I'm over two in investing in other people's podcasting <laughs> networks. And uh, you obviously know, after the ringer in May of 2020, they put 100 million into Joe Rogan, and uh, Spotify just launched their new uh, or in July of last year, I shouldn't say just now, they did top podcasts, trending podcasts and charts, and they've got a video podcasting feature where you could switch from audio to video easily, we are going to on all in podcast and on this week in startups remain independent and keep going with the standards. But uh, we're huge fans of Daniel X, and Joe Rogan's and uh, the ringer and Bill Simmons, and we're, we're big fans of Apple. We, we, we love the fact that they are in a dogfight to own market share here. And I think that's good for everybody because they're innovating. So let's celebrate that uh, innovation. And I think Daniel really uh, over Daniel Eck over at Spotify, he really sees podcasting as a I think a bigger piece of his business. And I've talked to him about it. I think he sees it as a bigger piece of his business than music because in music, music, remember, he has to give the overwhelming majority of that revenue to the music labels in podcasting, 
He could own the rights to all that content if he wants to, just like Netflix owns the right to all their shows. They could pay people, they could get the advertising, they can make stuff part of subscriptions. So it just decreases their, you know, dependency on just music and, and they want to own everything. And if you look Spotify versus Apple Podcast listens, here's a chart. Apple Podcasts, um, you know, and Spotify now are in a dead heat. And we'll see, uh, people seem to think that the lead will go to, uh, it's according to eMarketer. I don't know if I trust them with anything, to be totally honest. I don't think that this is necessarily, um, I don't know, what's the word? Fate accompli? I don't even know what that means, fate accompli. I gotta look it up. Hold on, we're looking everything up. Fate accompli. I think that means uh, a thing that has already happened or been decided before those affected hear about it, leaving them with no option but to accept it. This is not fait accompli. That's French. French for fancy fate. And uh, here you go. I don't think that this is going to happen. I think it's going to be their neck and neck. But Apple, I don't think makes a podcasting app for Android. So <laughs> that's kind of a, a non starter. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but that would be a cool thing for Apple to do is Yeah, why doesn't Apple do that? Make an Android because they do make iTunes right for Windows. So why wouldn't they make an Android podcasting app? That's a no brainer for them. I predict that will happen. They'll have no choice but to do that because if they're doing this subscription stuff, they don't want to lose all those uh, Apple subscribers. AirTags, this is amazing. I am a huge fan of Tile. I almost invested in that company. Um, I really love it. I use Tile. I buy, I've spent maybe $500 on Tiles. They're little devices that go on the back of remote controls. Um, but AirTags is going to be an even better product. I hate to say that. I really root for the entrepreneurs. Uh, but AirTags, I think, kind of, um, it's not a tile killer because Apple only has a small portion of um, the market. And I don't think people on Android and Windows are going to use AirTags, or I don't think they can actually. But we'll see. This is another one of those things where Apple makes something to keep people in their ecosystem like they do with iMessage. Let's watch the clip here. Uh, and I'll talk to you on the other side of this 55 seconds. This is AirTag. The next time the couch eats your keys, AirTag will help find them. AirTag uses the Find My Network so iPhone can help you keep track of and find your things. You can personalize your AirTag to make it your own, even with emoji. AirTag is easy to use by itself or with beautiful accessories we've designed. So you can attach it to just about anything, like your backpack, luggage, or whatever else you have. You can keep track of your AirTag right in the Find My app. With the Find My Network, everyone can participate without sharing their location to anyone, including Apple. AirTag is designed to track items, not people. So we included safety features to discourage unwanted tracking, like unwanted tag detection, rotating identifiers, and audible alerts from unknown tags. These capabilities are an industry first and are driven by our commitment to privacy. So that's AirTag. Okay, so I have to explain a couple of things here. What this AirTag will do and what the tiles do is they use Bluetooth to find items that are within the distance of your phone. So this is not GPS. Why is it not GPS? GPS is a massive battery drain. You would have to recharge these tags over and over again, and you'd have to put a GPS in there, and you'd have to have GPS service, and those do exist. That's what spies use to put on cars or private investigators, and I think those things generally come with a $10 or $20 a month subscription. So if you have five sets of keys for cars, you're not putting it on a GPS device that you have to remember to charge. What I love about the tiles is they last a year or two and the app tells you when they're running out of battery and they'll send you a new one or you can change the batteries in them. So this uses Bluetooth. Now, when you lose a pair of keys, like I had a nanny who worked for us um, and 
we lost these minivan keys, but she had moved back to her hometown, I won't say where. And then I looked in the tile app. And the keys were in another town in another country. And I was like, Oh, found the keys. Why did I find them? What tile set up and they pioneered? Now, I, don't, I guess they don't have a patent on this because AirTags is doing it. Other people who have tiles, if they have the tile app on their phone and they drive by my tile, it anonymously takes the location over Bluetooth. Then when they connect over the internet, it puts the last known location. So you can't track a tile, nor can you track an AirTag in real time. In other words, if you put it in somebody's pocket without them knowing like a spy like James Bond, you wouldn't know their step by step, you'd have to have GPS. But if it did run into somebody with tile on their phone, you would catch it. So sometimes when I look at my tile, I see the last known location of my keys is uh, on the 280 freeway. Obviously, I drove by somebody with the tile app where I was stuck in traffic with them, and it picked it up. So why is this all important? Well, the tile network is probably, you know, hundreds of 1000s of people. Day one, the AirTags network is going to be all phones that are iPhones and all iPads. In other words, you're gonna be able to see them. Now that creates a problem. If you were, I don't know, tracking your ex or, you know, doing corporate espionage or something gnarly, this would be a serious privacy thing because you could take this air tag and sneak it into somebody's backpack, right? Or sew it into their jacket like some crazy James Bond movie. And then you would know their location all the time. Really scary for stalkers, right? And people do have this issue, right? That's why they're saying if there is a tile that's on your person over and over again, it's going to alert you of a covert one, which is a pretty slick idea. The idea would be if my phone is near a tile and it's not mine, and it's near it all the time, it's going to play a sound on it. So all of a sudden, you're going to be like, Whoa, I feel I hear something in my jacket, you know, open up your jacket, like some three days of the condor or some crazy conversation or spy thriller and find this tag. Uh, so that's really cool. And they're really focusing in on privacy here. This is not a tracking device. It's not a tracking device. It's all anonymized. So when your phone finds my keys, I don't know where your phone is. I don't know that you're the person who did it. It's a brilliant device. And it's priced ridiculously cheap. $99 for four of them is unbelievable. You know, this is going to be, um, you know, a problem. Uh, C CJ Prober, the CEO released a statement after Apple's event. We welcome competition as long as it's fair competition. Unfortunately, given Apple's well documented history of using its platform advantage to unfairly limit competition for its products, we're skeptical. And given our prior history with Apple, we think it's entirely appropriate for Congress to take a closer look at Apple's business practice specific to its entry into this category. We welcome the opportunity to discuss the issues tomorrow. According to TechCrunch, in response to Apple points out that it's find my network predates tiles founding and that tile is able to use find my if it chooses. They also note that tile has 90% market share and Apple will need to sell a lot of air tags to catch up. So I'll be totally honest. I think Apple because they had find my network that is a valid point. The point about this 90% market share is hogwash because I can tell you as a tile user, we're moving to Apple because I don't want to have to install it. I want to be part of the Apple ecosystem. I want it to just work. So I'm probably going to stop using tile. I think I'll have to try it and see but um, I think you know, we'll probably switch. Um, so Tyle will testify in front of Congress tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, 421, along with Match and Spotify on Apple's anti-competitive behavior. Even Apple has anti-competitive behavior, even though they're pro user, they could be anti-competitive. And you see that in the stores, they pick what's in the stores, they might not let competitors into the stores. And they certainly don't let an app, they don't let an app store on their phones, because they don't want you to use another app and then have problems with your phone. Uh, and so I think, 
you know, it's Apple's prerogative to do that. Uh, and they could be a little more friendly. And Apple tends to be responsive to this, they used to not let VLC like the open source media player on the phone, they didn't let audible sell books on the phone and they didn't let chrome browser or other browsers like the dolphin browser on your iphone and now they're letting all those things happen so typically apple will respond to things that are not um consumer friendly they'll they'll, they'll change their uh they'll slow their roll uh, as the kids say these days i think the most impressive thing is the m1 uh chip that apple talked about today so two things i think the imac is a wonderful computer i don't like having my computer and my monitor connected because the monitor then has to get thrown away with the computer i hate that design i hate that apple does that i think they should make the monitor independent of the hardware let you snap the hardware off or make it part of the stand and i like widescreen monitors and apple overcharges massively so i'm I, you know, I might buy an iMac for the house for my kids or my wife or something, but I'm not going to use it. I prefer the nice Dell widescreen monitor that I've been buying and I buy for my team. I, most people on my team like the 34, 38 inch one. I have a 49 inch one here. That's why you see me, you know, like literally my screen goes as wide as my arms. I can have four browser windows, Slack, Discord windows up and running at the same time. But the M1 chip is absolutely stunning. Uh, I am on an M1 Mac mini here. So while I won't buy an iMac, because I hate how quickly they become outdated, and you can't change things on them. I've had the same monitor with three different computers, I went from Windows, to Chrome to Mac, and I just change my operating system because I like to keep up with them. Uh, and I just but I keep the same beautiful Dell monitor. Here's the uh, video. This is a 90 second clip uh, breaks down everything about the new iMac. I'll talk to you on the other side of this clip. M1 has been a gigantic leap forward for the Mac. It has redefined the MacBook Air, MacBook Pro, and Mac Mini, shattering expectations of what each of them can do. And that's why we're here. Because today, we're thrilled to introduce a Mac that has been built from the ground up around M1. And here it is. The all-new, completely redesigned iMac is more personal, more powerful, and more capable than ever. And it's incredible from every angle. It's bursting with color from both the front and the back, and it practically disappears when you view it from the side. For comparison, let's take a look at the previous iMac. The logic board and thermals were huge because of the power-hungry processor, and the CPU, GPU, and other components were all separate chips in the system. Now, with the system-on-a-chip architecture of M1, these are all consolidated into this much smaller logic board. And because M1 is far more power-efficient, the bulky thermal system is replaced by just two small fans. So on the new iMac, we made the display an expansive 24 inches. It has up to four USB-C ports, including two Thunderbolt ports for super fast data transfer. And we created a new power connector that attaches magnetically. So it's quick and easy to connect. It has a two meter color match woven cable that leads to a small power adapter, which can be placed on the floor behind your desk. And for ethernet, check out this cool innovation. It connects to the adapter and runs through the power cable to keep your desktop less cluttered. Okay, pricing, pretty amazing. Uh, 1300 for the seven core GPU and 1500 for the eight core GPU. The M1 chip is magnificently fast. Uh, and you will see the spinning wheel of death a lot less often on your Mac. It's very snappy. It draws much less power. I got the M1 uh, MacBook Air, and I've been testing that I get it for one of my daughters. And I used it as well when I was um, on the road and I did the podcast for 
uh, Metacoven, and I did the podcast for Roham of Dapper Labs. I did both of those on that M1, and the battery life is sick. Great machine. M1 is a real revolution, this chip. Um, this is going to be available in May. I think some of the best parts about this, I'll be totally honest, are uh, the design is absolutely stunning. It made you feel when you see it, um, the beautiful colors, I like I almost I covet the orange one. I love the color, you know, you guys know orange is my color for the orange and blue of my Knicks, who've won five games in a row at this taping and are going to be in the playoffs. Whoop, whoop. It's gorgeous. It's so thin. And it tilts it, it's kind of starting to merge with how I feel when I'm using my my, my iPad Pro. Uh, it's really beautiful. And it it's really quiet. They talked a little bit about the innards and how easy it is to plug in and all this stuff. It's it's really cool, cool product uh, available in May. And they increased the audio technology, the microphone, the webcam all upgraded, much better speakers. So they basically optimized it for zoom calls, which you knew was going to happen after the pandemic. We know people are gonna start working from home. We know video conferencing is now a reality where people hated video conferencing. It was like for the weird people on your team. <laughs> no offense to the weird people on my teams. But now it's become the standard. Everybody's got a beautiful setup at home. I think this iMac is going to be and also the new iPad, which we'll get into in a minute. I think that new iPad is also going to make zoom meetings and, you know, FaceTime calls, everything's going to get much better. And uh, Kevin Rose, a uh, big uh, fan of the show, he uh, tweeted these new iMacs are just gorgeous. The design beautiful. For the M1 iPad Pro, <laughs> Apple spent 22 minutes on this. The M1 chip is not just in the Mac, it's now in iPad Pro, and it's gonna blow you away. The eight core GPU is in a class of its own, delivering up to 40% faster graphics performance. Again, compared to the first generation iPad, get ready for this. The graphics of this new iPad Pro is now over 1500 times faster. The new iPad Pro also allows users to access their content faster than ever, with up to two times faster storage. And for our most demanding users, a new two terabyte configuration gives you enormous storage capacity. So you can keep up to 60,000 Pro Raw photos at your fingertips, or up to 220 hours of 4K HDR video content with you wherever you go. M1 brings much faster connectivity to iPad Pro as well. The USB-C port already supports super fast data transfers. And now we're adding Thunderbolt with USB 4 support as well, making it the fastest, most versatile port ever on an iPad or any other device of its kind. Not only is there four times more bandwidth for wired connections up to 40 gigabits per second, Thunderbolt also opens up a massive ecosystem of high performance accessories like super fast storage, external displays like the Pro Display XDR now at its full 6K resolution and all connected using high performance cables and docks. Even with M1 and the other incredible new technologies, the 11 inch iPad Pro still starts at just 799 and the 12.9 inch model adds the stunning Liquid Retina XDR display for just 1099 an incredible value for such an incredible device. This M1 chip, not made by Intel, not made by AMD, this is their chip. And it's now in every device. This is really spectacular. Uh, it's going to be in the iPad Pro, which is my as an investor, any VC or seed fund or angel fund, you know, they have to have a $400 floating keyboard and the latest iPad Pro. So I will be upgrading to this immediately. And you want to have that $300 Apple pen that 
you never use. It's, I have two of them sitting in the drawer, not five feet away from me. Never going to use it, never have, because you look like an idiot. Let's be honest. You take out your iPad Pro, and you take out that pen, and you start taking notes. I'm just like, Adeo, you look like an idiot. Stop. The second you pick up that stylus, you've failed. Voice or text, enough with the stylus, but what, it, it, with the exception of you're truly an artist, and there are a lot of great artists out there um, who do use it. Uh, I, by the way, there's a trend on Twitter called Portfolio Day. And if you just do the hashtag portfolio day, you will see gorgeous portfolios There's so many talented people around the world who participated in this. And they all post four images. So inspiring. I found a couple of artists who I'm in love with now who do my like kind of cyberpunk blade runner aesthetic, which I love. Anyway, magic keyboard is still 300 bucks, which is almost half the price of the iPad itself. I mean, Apple, you are a trip. Only Apple could do something as just absolutely loathsome and insane as charge $300 for a keyboard that they it's got to cost them no more than 25 bucks to build that thing. Anyway, 5g connectivity coming to the iPad uh, Pro, which is really why baller people get this. They'd like to not have to connect to their phone, they're willing to pay the extra money to put that service on the iPad Pro, um, which is what I do, I have a Google Fi account, and you can buy extra data sims and just plug them in. Uh, and uh, I have an extra data sim and and I will be getting the 5g and doing that. Um, two terabytes of storage, which is completely unnecessary. And they added Thunderbolt and USB four unbelievable. Uh, if you I guess wanted to add storage to it, I, I, I don't know who's doing that. But maybe video editors. I, I mean, if you're a video editor editing on an iPad Pro, please let me know that seems crazy to me. Anyway, I did a funny reaction to it using that meme of everybody having dinner and running up from the table <laughs> to go buy it. And last but not least, I love this TV show Ted Lasso. I, I know it's polarizing, but I loved it. I think Jason Sudeikis is genius. But Tim Cook loves him even more than I do. And it really is kind of the apple of TV shows. It's about the world being good and being kind. And it's it's so on brand that Ted Lasso is, you know, uh, an Apple TV, you know, their Netflix competitor, Apple TV Plus. It's so dumb. Apple has an Apple TV hardware device, and then they decide to call their streaming service Apple TV Plus. It's so confusing. And then there's a TV app, and then there's the Apple TV. Just clean this up, Tim. So Eddie Q, somebody, Apple TV is like your mobile me versus iCloud. Mobile me, complete disaster, doesn't work, can't figure it out. You've really got to figure out how you're branding Apple TV, the hardware versus the service. Putting it aside, I think the fact that they didn't have Jason Sudeikis come in as Ted Lasso and as part of his contract, give him an extra million bucks to make an appearance in character at every keynote. What is wrong with you people? Give him a million dollars in Apple stock every keynote to do this. Ted Lasso is your Game of Thrones, it is your Breaking Bad, just integrated into everything that should be your television commercials. Ted Lasso going to the Apple store and goofing off is the greatest ad campaign and you screwed it up. Apple, go fix that. Anyway, Tim Cook on Ted Lasso. Apple TV brings you the very best cinematic experience, giving you access to the world's leading video services. This starts with Apple TV Plus and its lineup of critically acclaimed and award-winning Apple Originals, including global hit drama, The Morning Show, Academy Award-nominated Wolfwalkers, the Billie Eilish documentary, 
the Oprah conversation. And of course, the incredibly popular comedy, Ted Lasso. Oh my Lasso. God, look at this, look at Ted this Lasso smile. Ted Lasso is one of is. my favorites. Oh my God, I've never seen so excited Tim Cook so happy. Season. He's a fanboy. So here's a sneak peek at what's He's coming next. He's a stan. Next. You're a Ted Lasso stan. Look at that smile. Tim, you're in love. Tim is in love with Ted Lasso. It's so clear. It's so clear he loves it as much as we all do. All right, so to wrap up, this was a great event with nobody there in person. The transitions and whoever did the video for this, A+, plus. give them a raise, give them some more stock. They did these beautiful transitions around the Apple campus, going underwater under like their koi pond or whatever it is into the sub-basement, flipping cameras around, drone shots. My God, if there's ever been an advertisement for going back to work, it was this. Tim Cook wants people back in the office post-pandemic, and he just sold them on that by doing these crazy flyovers. I would, Apple should, if Steve Jobs was alive today, I'm convinced he would have built another five of these motherships around the world or next to this one and let people live in them. It is stunning. I've never been there. I, I do need to go. I drive by it all the time. Anyway, in case we missed anything, here's a short clip of Tim Cook going over all the new products and Apple announcements today. And we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. What a great day of announcements. We continue our reinvention of the credit card with Apple Card Family, as well as a major redesign of Apple Podcasts. We announced an all new beautiful purple finish for iPhone 12 and iPhone 12 mini. The new AirTag to help you find the important things in your life. The new Apple TV 4K and redesigned Siri remote bring the absolute best entertainment experience to your home. The incredible new iMac that completely reinvents one of the world's most iconic computers. And the new iPad Pro with the M1 chip, which is an absolute powerhouse. This Week in Startups is brought to you by... Odoo is a fully customizable and fully integrated suite of business apps that lets you build and scale your stack as you build and scale your business. Your first app is free forever, and right now, Odoo is offering $1,000 off your first implementation pack at odoo.com slash twist. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash twist.